Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit CARON.org slash lost. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Uh, welcome to the show, everyone. I am Ben Kissel. That's Marcus Parks. Hey, Ben. We got a guest today. He's my roommate. He's also, uh, can we say what your job is now? What the hell do you do, Travis Irvine? I don't even know yet. <laughs> Very good. Uh, perhaps something uh, related to a campaign. Yes, absolutely. There will be something related to a campaign sometime in the near future. <laughs> Very good. Coy. But Marcus, uh, I wanted to check in with you. Now, today, of course, it's September 11th. We take that day very seriously. It's somber. It's sad. And we uh, remember uh, the people that died on that horrific day. Go back and listen to the last podcast on the left episodes, day one. Uh, and then we continue on with two other um, episodes of that wonderful trilogy. The research you did, Marcus, is absolutely phenomenal. Thank you, Ben. I had a lot of help on that from great research assistants. And uh, so go back. And if you haven't listened to that episode in, in, uh, in a while, uh, please uh, do yourself um, you know, put yourself on an emotional journey yeah. because that's exactly what it is. I can't say it's a great time uh, to listen to the first episode, but it's an important episode. Yeah. And you did such phenomenal research. Thanks, so man. now we've come to September 11th, 2016. And Marcus, what happened to you this morning? I forgot. You forgot. <laughs> oh. so, <laughs> I totally forgot. I woke oh, up. Uh, my girlfriend woke up like a few hours before I did. Yes. And I woke up and she's kind of feeling like she's kind of like, oh, what's wrong, sweetheart? And she's like, you know, I'm just, you know, I've been reading the news and going on Reddit this morning. I'm just, you know, I'm just really, you know, just kind of bummed. And I'm like, what happened? Oh, <laughs> man. You actually forgot 9-11. I literally forgot 9-11. You, did, you oh, researched boy. for months <laughs> about the events on 9-11, and I you forgot. forgot the day out. I totally forgot. I forgot the 15th anniversary. I forgot. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Out of all the human beings in the world, with the alcohol consumption that I put into my body on a daily basis alone, <laughs> I would definitely say if between Marcus Parks and myself, I'd be the one to forget. No, yeah. but Marcus. Indeed, it was you. I forgot. I feel vindicated for a lot of things. I don't know why. But, but then after that, I did a bit of a New York celebration. I finally watched Wiener this oh, morning. wonderful. Oh, my God. I have never cringed so much for so long in my entire life. That's right. Of course, Wiener, the great documentary that came out this year about Anthony Wiener and his relationship that was, uh, I guess we could call it stuttering at the time. <laughs> his, his, uh, his flailing relationship with Uma Abedin, who is uh, Hillary Clinton's right-hand gal. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Her 
face in that entire movie is she is mortified to be on camera. She's so embarrassed. Sometimes she looks at him with eyes that a mother looks at her child with after he just defecated his pants for the eighth time in a row, just <laughs> in complete and utter disgust and disbelief. Like, I kind of love you, but how? Yeah. How are you this ridiculous? Yeah, I don't know, man. But she, you know, I guess made it through. But even though she did describe it at one point as, quote, a living nightmare. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, wow. <laughs> oh, my God. If you haven't had a chance to watch that documentary, do yourself a favor. And if you feel like maybe my partner isn't treating me right, have them watch that with you so they'll feel like they are in the best relationship <laughs> of anybody on the face of the planet compared to Wiener and Uma. Oh. <laughs> So sad. Um, so let's see. Today, uh, w- let's talk a little bit about uh, what happened with Hillary Clinton. Obviously, again, it's the 9-11 memorial today. There was, uh, they were giving a, um, at the 9-11 memorial down in, in downtown New York, um, they were doing a ceremony. Hillary Clinton attended, and then some really shocking footage we saw uh, uh, on the Internet came out. She fainted. Well, she also and- left early, an hour and a half early. And then when they were walking her from Chelsea, her daughter Chelsea has an apartment right there, coincidentally, uh, and she's walking out from the apartment to this van. Right. And that's the footage that you see. And of course, now this has been talked about for quite a while, Hillary Clinton's health. Um, some, some Alex Jones types have been talking about it. Of course, Alex Jones has that wonderful video online where he attempts to open a jar of pickles. <laughs> oh, oh, my hands are all wet. I've seen the pickles. I've seen the pickles. Oh, I've seen the documents. They're pickles. Um, and he couldn't. It's a wonderful clip. Check it out. Yeah. But of course, then Hillary Clinton went on, she went on the Jimmy uh, Kimmel show and opened the pickles to prove that she was strong and she's been wearing these glasses for a little while and people believe maybe she's suffering seizures or whatnot. And now this plays into the narrative that perhaps she's not healthy. Well, also don't forget Dr. Drew goes on CNN and, and says it, and then he's uh, canned the week week later. Yeah. Well, they were looking for a reason to get rid of Dr. Oh, Drew. Oh, Dr. Drew Pinsky? Yeah. Everybody's always <laughs> looking for a reason. Yeah, it's stuff like that yeah. when it, you know they're, when someone says, like, I got fired for nothing. It's like, no, they've been wanting to fire you for a while. Yeah, you right. just finally gave them the excuse. <laughs> they're putting He's putting tequila in the water cooler. <laughs> That's fine. Um, yeah. And, of course, you know, these questions have been brought up a lot of times with other other presidential candidates. We've talked about it on the last show with John McCain. Of course, those were sort of ampl- amplified because he had Sarah Palin on the bottom of that ticket, uh, which made it terrifying. The idea of a Palin presidency is more nauseating than the Trump presidency to some degree, I guess, or maybe equal. It's a buddy. I, I would... Shit, man. Uh-oh. Split, <laughs> cut cut oh the baby in half, Think buddy. Yeah. Trump, yeah. Or, Trump or Palin? Ooh. You think this election is bad? That, that election might be uh, slightly worse. Oh, man. I, I guess I'd have to go with Palin because she actually has some experience. But she resigned to become a reality star. He's already a reality star who's running for office. <laughs> that is true. But that that Clinton uh, footage, I watched it yeah. this morning, uh, and it was terrifying. It's terrifying. It, it was actually She's absolute- being propped up. Yeah. Like like Weekend at Bernie's. Right. Which, of course, is ironic because she lost to a guy named Bernie. <laughs> Boom. It's all coming together. Yeah. It's, it's all there. It really is crazy to see because you really, like, it, you see the campaign falling apart. Yeah. Like, it is, like, yeah. an actual visual yeah. representation of... Of her campaign falling apart. It is horrifying uh, to think because, of course, this does uh, help out somebody like Donald Trump, yeah. who, you know, his medical records came out and he is extremely in uh, in, in good shape, according to his bizarre his hippie doctor. Bizarre hippie doctor. <laughs> I love his hippie doctor. gold chain, and when he's talking to the press, his wife comes out and yells at him like, no, 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 we're not doing this. Get in there. Get <laughs> back in wife. there. And he's like, I gotta go. I'm so sorry. Yes. <laughs> 
Um, but now, of course, Tim Kaine, uh, the idea of him becoming the president or something like that isn't necessarily nearly as horrifying as no. somebody like Sarah Palin. I mean, but. Tim Kaine's totally fine. He's just vanilla. I mean, I'm telling you before the show, but yeah. if you look at the, a picture of him, he looks like a guy in a movie that loses the presidential election. He really He does. looks like a loser. He uh, just, he he just, just looks does. like a loser. He just looks oh. like a loser. Channeling your inner Trump here. Yeah. Could be, yeah. That's good low stuff. energy. Yeah, he's low energy. Former <laughs> governor of Virginia and now a current senator of, little uh, Timmy. of Virginia. Little Timmy. Well. Okay, Tiny Tim. Yeah. Tiny yeah. Tim. That's what you would call him. For him. Yeah, you would call him Tiny Tim. But if Hillary Clinton does have to drop out, what are they going to do? Are they well, going to bring Bernie back in? Well, and that's the situation right. that I was reading about, that according to DNC rules, of course, we all know how much they don't follow their own rules. Mm-hmm. Um, the person with the second amount of delegates is supposed to become the nominee, and that would be Bernie. Wow. He, okay. he has technically only suspended his campaign. Sure. His delegates still belong to him. And that is, uh, that's a protocol that's been in place for a while in case so, the nominee ever dies or has to drop out. Even the delegates that then pledged for Hillary at the DNC convention, did they stick with Bernie? You know, I only read the headline of the article. So, Very good. Um, Very millennial of you. I'm I just doing it. my millennial duty. <laughs> but that would seem to make sense to me. And yeah. I think if Bernie was running against Donald Trump in this election, he would be up 70 And that's 30. the thing. If, yeah. that, if that happens sooner rather than later, like get Bernie on the top of the ticket. Like, let's say tomorrow that, you know, Hillary Clinton's campaign is a moment of truth. And they're like, she can't run. And they announce it tomorrow or they do the inner workings. If Bernie is on top of the ticket before that first debate. If he goes in that first debate on September 26th oh God, with Trump, Trump prepared, he will crush Trump and it'll, it'll be over in a landslide. Just stick yeah. with that great narrative that he's had for 30 years about uh, you know economic disparity all across the country. I mean, it would be it, he would he's he's a pillar yeah. when it comes to that when it comes to that message. And Trump couldn't do anything to get him off his game. Yeah, right. I, I guarantee you, Bernie has not stopped preparing. This entire time, I guarantee you this entire time, he has not stopped his game. He hasn't relaxed. He hasn't gotten off the track. The guy's got it in his blood. I hope for Jane's sake, this is his wife, right, Jane? Jane, I hope for her her sake he's not just like, we don't listen to the radio. I got to go over (laughs) my speech. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Bernie, I love you, but I'm going to kill you. Just sitting around a campfire in Burlington. We got to watch the Wiener documentary so we know how good we have it. (laughs) Yeah, right. We're going to talk about Donald Trump's campaign coming up here uh, in a little bit. But uh, Sticking with 9-11, though, and obviously, uh, uh, there's new audio that came out regarding Donald Trump, and it was sort of, I don't uh, know if he was braggadocious per se, but he was discussing how now 40 Wall Street, which is a, which is one of his buildings, is the tallest building again in Manhattan after the towers oh fell. Oh my God, Trump did and 9-11. He, yeah, so he could, I mean. He basically set it up to have the tallest building. Yeah, because he was very, it was the tallest, and they built the high rise, and now, uh, once again, yeah. it's the tallest. But now I would assume it's no longer the tallest. Well, when he was asked about potential damage to 40 Wall Street, a 71-story building, that was positioned blocks away from the towers. He took the opportunity to share how, quote-unquote, amazing the news was. He said 40 Wall Street actually was the second tallest building in downtown Manhattan, and it was actually before the World Trade Center was the tallest, and then when they built the World Trade Center, it became known as the second tallest, and now it's the tallest. Isn't that Jeez. nice for him? So congratulations. <laughs> he's, he's always so well thought out. It's it just speaks, brilliant. He you know? cares about other people so yeah. much, you know. <laughs> you can tell. 9-11 occurred, and you know what? I just like people who can find the silver lining, and for yeah. Donald Trump, it was he has the tallest building again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was not too long after the first trade tower went, or not too long sure. after the towers went. Down. Like a couple days. Uh, let me see exactly when. Well, or was it a couple hours? I believe it was hours because the video that is circulating on the internet has the uh, the buildings burning um, while he's speaking. So I, I think it was day of. 
Yeah. Which Jeez. does not uh, does make not... him seem very presidential, no. does it? <laughs> it was hours after the towers yeah. fell. Oh. Yeah. So he was, there was, uh, you know, corpses all over the place. It was a, it was a disgusting sea of, of blood and, and, and flesh. And well, he was talking about having the biggest building in Manhattan let's, again. Let's hear the audio. All right. Uh, you have one of the landmark buildings down in the financial district, 40 Wall Street. Uh, did you have any damage or did you know what, what's happened down there? Well, it was an amazing phone call I made. 40 Wall Street actually was the second tallest building in downtown Manhattan. And, and it was actually before the World Trade Center was the tallest. And then when they built the World Trade Center, it became known as the second tallest. And now it's the tallest. That's it. Oh. And it was it never became known as the second tallest. No one even talks about this horse shit. <laughs> Who goes around uh. and measuring all the buildings? Yeah. And that was apropos of nothing. Nothing. Like that was it. He was waiting yeah. to say. He was just waiting to say the. It was just because that was, had stuck yeah. in his craw for forever. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of yeah, course yeah. it did. Really second tallest. Second tallest. Uh, who who wants second tallest? I don't want second tallest. Exactly. Then, as soon yeah. as it fell, I get that was the that meant that that had been on his mind that morning. All it must day. have been. He had thought about it all day. And like yeah. when they fell, he's like <laughs> tallest. Oh, that's so nuts. It is disgusting. And of course, I mean, what was this? Um, it was amazing. He made, did he make phone calls being like, we're number one again? Yeah. What yeah, the hell yeah. happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think, insane. Yeah, he said phone. Yeah, phone. Let's, you want to hear it again? Let's hear it again. Let's hear it you again. have one of the landmark buildings down in the financial district, 40 Wall Street. Uh, did you have any damage or did you know what, what's happened down there? Well, it was an amazing phone call I made. 40 Wall Street actually was the second tallest building in downtown Manhattan. And, and it was actually before the World Trade Center was the tallest. And then when they built the World Trade Center, it became known as the second tallest. And now it's the tallest. I mean, it's unbelievable. You would think the question was, was your was building that, damaged? Was your building damaged? Yeah. Is everyone okay? Exactly. <laughs> At no point is like, my employees are safe. I've, you know, we've reached out to the building. Every, everything is fine. Yeah. I mean, he just talks like, about the most um, superficial aspect of the entire thing. Yeah. yeah. He talks about what was amazing about the phone call. <laughs> I mean, like, are your people okay? Is your building okay? I'll tell you, it's an amazing. It's the tallest building. Yeah. 9-11 happened, and the first word it, when asked about it was amazing. Yeah, and he called One World Trade Center, quote, disgusting. Uh, and uh, a piece of junk. Well, oh, man, I'm telling you, this backs up my theory. Well, Trump um, did 9 11. I'm putting it out <laughs> honestly, there. At this I'm point, putting it back out there. Yes, I, I think you put a toupee on one of those planes. Uh, I'm fairly certain it was Trump. Trump had his fingerprints all over yeah, it. Yeah, were those Trump planes that crashed? Let's watch the footage again. See if it says <laughs> Trump on those planes. Um, it's interesting. With Donald Trump, you do get the feeling that he doesn't even want to win the presidency. And we've been talking a lot uh, about this at our apartment, Marcus, uh, in you know 3 a.m. chats. And it's intense and it's really fun and no one's wearing clothes. <laughs> and. Um, you know, he brought on Roger Ailes as soon as Roger Ailes was ousted uh, from Fox News. And then, of course, he's also working with Steve Bannon, Steve Bannon from uh, Breitbart mm -hmm. Media, and, which is a very large conservative brand yeah. and the only media outlet that endorsed Donald Trump. So I want to get this is my theory. And it's been talked about, I suppose. Now, I think the New York Times wrote a small the New article York about it. I think they're bugging our apartment. I think they're bugging our apartment to get all, uh, all our hot scoops. <laughs> I agree. You have people like Alex Jones, who are big Trumpers. You have obviously the Sean Hannity's of the world that are, that are big Trumpers. You have people who are, you know, have a lot of clout in media who have supported Donald Trump, the Ann Coulters of the world. I believe Trump's end game is to just become a media conglomerate. He yeah. wants to be a media mogul, mm -hmm. and that's exactly what he wants to do. 
Fox News is going to battle with a new network like One American News or something like that. They're going to start their own company with Ailes at the head of it, or maybe Bannon at the head because Ailes is a little bit old and a little gropey. Right. Um, <laughs> but I believe that's the end game. And if it makes sense if you look at his immigration policy, he's just tripling down. At no point has he tried to expand the tent. At no point is he trying to grow the movement. He's just tripling down with the rhetoric and with the vitriol hatred of so many groups of people in this nation that is completely unqualified and makes him unqualified to be president. Yeah. But I think he's doing that because that's a huge share of a media market. Yeah, I mean, it would be a completely, it would break the the new media world. I mean, it, you got Trump, Ailes, Bannon, Coulter, Hannity. I mean, these are big conservative media stars. And a Fox Alex News, Jones. Alex Jones would be on there. Uh, Roger Stone would probably be allowed on TV now and then. Um, <laughs> that could be the case. We'll see what happens. I mean, it's just the collection of the worst people American media has to offer, and that's so fascinating. Like but, but very a, successful I mean, people, very but, yeah. successful, but no, yeah, yeah. It, it's a it's a team of demons. Sure, but, pe- well, that, but if you say it like that, I'm going to vote for it. Yeah. <laughs> Marcus, you got to know who you're. This, team yeah. of demons sounds awesome. <laughs> vote for team of demons. I, I will vote for team of demons. Thank you very much. The, 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 the alliteration is just right, and I love the idea of a team of demons. That's great. The new Damn book, it, Marcus. The new book from Doris Goodwin Kearns. <laughs> team of demons. The Trump TV story. But I do believe that is the end game for Donald Trump because yeah. there is no way, I do not believe he'll win the presidency. I think the polls that have come out right now showing the race tightening, I think it's media created drama. But it's in order CNN's for polls though. It's CNN, CNN or polls, yeah, but I mean, you CNN, can... They're in the bag for Clinton. Their polls should be well, that is because it also really hurts Hillary Clinton if she's up 15, 20% in the polls going up to November 8th oh, and all of a sudden people, everyone stays home. They'll be like, oh, well, I don't need a vote. She's got it in the bag. It's in the bag. It's, yeah. it's, it's all locked up. Look what happened with Brexit. Yeah. That's exactly what happened with Brexit. All the polls were like, they're 10%, 15% more, uh, you know, approving of staying in the uh, EU. And then sure enough, you know, everyone thought it was just going to be totally fine. And the people that went to the polls made a decision that. Uh, was way unexpected. Yeah. And so that's dangerous for Hillary, too. Yeah, that's true. I hadn't thought of it that way. She's got to she's maintain. And media, quite frankly, television news networks are just drama. They're just all, they, it's just, right. you know, they're, they are reality television. I, and if without any drama, if the race is already over, who's watching CNN? Yeah, there's no ratings. That's an interesting thing because I, I feel like every single race in our lifetime, at least since I started voting, uh, since 2000, 2004, 2008, 2012, every single one's been a horse race. Down to yeah. the last, you mm-hmm. know, sometimes we didn't even know who the president was for uh, another day or even a couple weeks. I mean, other than 84 Mondale, which we couldn't vote for, um, I mean, other than that election, they, they have been fairly close. Yeah. I mean, certainly when we started, I mean, my first election was 2000, and I yeah. thought that was just normal for the Supreme Court right. to come in and decide <laughs> who our next president was going to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, mine was 2004. Boy, was that a disappointment. That Mine was also 2004, especially being from Ohio and being yeah. someone who campaigned for Kerry. Uh, very disappointing. It was what we call a November 3rd syndrome. Yes. Um, What's a November 3rd syndrome? Oh, that's the day where you woke up and you're like, maybe Bush isn't president. And then Kerry was like, we're going to give up now. And yeah. then it's like, oh, shit. And now everyone's pissed <laughs> at Ohio. Yeah, well, we interviewed Mark McKinnon, the senior producer for the, the Showtime show, The Circus. And, uh, Great and, show. And he was a campaign manager for Bush mm. at that point uh, during that election and he just says John Kerry proved that if you are hit you have to hit back and that is definitely something that Donald Trump does he is constantly on the offensive mm-hmm. and it's something that Hillary Clinton now um, is is it's looking more difficult for her to do I mean this health stuff um, the, these coughing fits 
if that happens during a presidential debate, I mean, you know, you got you have something Oof. like you know these debates Oof. are so ridiculous and they're they're so. Um, like they're just superficial what people you know hang their hat on for example um when hw bush continually checked his watch everyone's like oh he doesn't want to be here he's just checking out the time it's not the worst thing on on uh, on earth to do al gore would sigh in the background yes but of course al gore won the the debate where w did his where he walks up to everyone you you know this w trick it's a real texas style move i thought it was the other way oh no it was gore yeah Yeah, gore Gore tried to walk behind him and like try to ask him some question then bush like looked at him like hey how you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nods him off. Yes. And then they boom. That's that right. guy's cool. Yeah. That's yeah. it. And nothing to do with policy. Nothing yeah. to do with with uh, domestic issues. Nothing to do with the economy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This guy farted on camera. <laughs> you know, I mean, when Hillary went to the bathroom during the debates, mm-hmm. that oh, was right. that was a big deal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was, that was huge. A, that was the beginning of all this. And then Trump, like the, the whole bathroom thing, that was the beginning of the, right, health of the health issue. That's issues. a good point. Yeah. And then Trump was like, I don't even want to. It's disgusting to think about what's going on in there. This election, man, it's like. Is trauma producing this fucking thing? Uh, is is so. the Toxic Avenger going to come out next as Secretary I, I, of State? I wish Lloyd was as smart and successful as as that. I'm going to say Lloyd <laughs> be able to do that. Yeah. Well, he uh, might be as smart, not quite as successful. He's very he's a, smart, but he's yeah, a good smart. person. We all love Lloyd. Yeah. Yes, of course. I don't know, man. With Hillary Clinton like possibly having health issues, maybe Bernie will come back. No, it's a serious thing. This yeah, is a, that is the protocol, and that is what could. I mean, I don't know. It, it depends. It's, I mean, it's all about just, her handlers, honestly. Yeah, she does not seem like she's fit. Like, she just doesn't seem healthy she enough. She left an sim- hour and a half early for overheating. It was a beautiful Overheating. Beautiful and like a, it day. was like a 78-degree day. It's a day. little. It's hot. It's It's, not. Not. it's muggy. Hot. I have to defend Hillary a little bit when it comes. To, I mean, she's exhausted because... Uh, she's been running the campaign for 16 months. Well, then she, well, we can she be president for four more years? No, because yeah. you mostly sit when you're president. Um, <laughs> oh, that's true. I did know, forget about our that. Our campaigns in this country are far too long. Yeah. You know, they say uh, after Labor Day is when people start to pay attention. I think we should just officially start the campaigns after Labor Day. That's what Canada Canada does. Canada, right? the UK does countries it. do it. Yeah. yeah, that's the way the Brits do it. It's 60 days, I believe. Mm-hmm. You start. I mean, how much more do we have to know about these people? Yeah. You know, at, at some point, 16 months of running, it's just, it drives everyone nuts, and I, we already have fatigue of who the next president's going to be. They don't even get the luxury of having one or two good years. We've already known these people now, you know, for almost half of what a term limit would be by the time they even get in, you know? So I think that that, that could definitely change, um, and, and I think that should change. I mean, I remember, because this is actually Abe Lincoln Top Hat's second election cycle. This is our Whoa. second one. Yeah. Hey, yeah. congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you very, very much. much. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, and I remember, I, actually, I think by this time, the last election, we were done. I remember we were very, very done by this point. That we did not yeah. want to hear about it anymore. We didn't want anything. Well, well else everybody going just on. wanted Obama again that yeah. year. Yeah. I mean, and it just seemed it seemed way obvious. I think at that point. And yeah. I think it's a little bit more different now because this is our second cycle. Because we have become a little bit more uh, a little bit more successful. Um, actually knowing some of the candidates personally, like having Governor Gary Johnson on, and uh, we went to his rally yesterday. I emailed him and said he did a great job. He emailed me right back. I mean, we really have a nice personal relationship um, with a lot of the people that we're talking about now in the tank in the tank five for five percent absolutely <laughs> that's absolutely correct we can talk about uh, johnson in a second um but you know so i do think 
that uh, because we are, we're a little bit more invested, maybe it's less exhausting. Yeah. Um, because we have a little bit more credibility. Well, which there's is nice. and it's also uh, the stakes are so much higher because back mm-hmm. then, even if uh, if Romney got in, it's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah. It's not fine. The worst. If Romney would have got in, it'd be like okay, life probably wouldn't be that much different right now. Right if now. Romney would have gotten in, uh, but this, I mean, this is an actual matter of life or death. We yeah. would definitely. I mean, actually, Ann Romney is 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 cute, and they're they have their own little. They have a cute kind of little family in a Utah Mormon kind of way. Yeah, in a Mormon, tea sort yeah, of yeah. in a sense. Can they drink tea? I think it has caffeine in it. They can't drink no, tea. They no know what they drink. They can drink sleepy time tea. They can drink sleepy time tea. That's good. <laughs> so, you know, it, I mean, did you see that picture with Barack and Michelle? No. Oh, my God. Well, it's not just a picture. It's a whole spread in uh, some magazine. They're a beautiful couple. They anyway. look beautiful. Um, but, yeah, so I think that that's one of the exciting things about this cycle. You know, we have a little bit more inside information than we did uh, previously. Yeah. And, of course, you know, the last last cycle, the most exciting thing was Newt Gingrich talking about building a moon colony, <laughs> which, quite frankly, would still, still be top five good, yeah. most exciting things. Yeah, man. No, I, I do. I mean, the last one was a lot more fun because you had Huckabee and oh, his yeah. bass playing. You had, uh, you know, you had Santorum, who wasn't really a threat, was just oh, kind of weird. the worst human being just on Earth. An awful a lot of sweater vests <laughs> on that guy. Yeah. 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 We, had, we had Thaddeus McCotter. Thaddeus, yes. Mm, well, yeah. you guys will get to see him all again on Trump TV. <laughs> That's right. Launching in January 2017. Yeah, it could be. It could actually roll around that way. It's definitely coming, um, I believe. Uh, or at least I think it's a working theory, and I'm sticking with it. All right. Um, but let's go back. You know, when it comes to someone like Gary, the, this election has given us some good things. Again, Trump running a grassroots candidate from inside a national political party and completely blowing it up. In, in theory, is actually a good thing. I mean, he definitely blew up the Republican Party. The Libertarian Party is stronger than ever because uh, people are – the Republicans are – people are fleeing them like uh, the Twin Towers. They want to get away from that, that disgusting, uh, burning mess of mayhem. And uh, the, so the Libertarian Party is rising. And, you know, Bernie, I mean, what he got across to the American people was a message that the American people have been really starved for for decades. Mm-hmm. So there were, there were some positive things. There are some positive things still coming out of this election. It's well, just two months out. I mean, everyone is a little bit on edge. Well, let's face it. This has already been the craziest election of our lifetimes. Yeah. And I don't think these last two months are going to get any less crazy. I actually think... It's going to get Hil- more crazy. I think these Hillary health problem things, uh, these are going to have to get faced. I, she's not just going to snap her fingers and get better here. I think something serious is going on. Trump keeps derailing himself. It's fascinating to see what could happen with a candidate like Gary because Mm -hmm. Gary had a a very bad week that was also ironically a great week because he goes, what is Aleppo? And all of a sudden everybody's looking up who is Gary Johnson and then also what is Aleppo? So a little content. (laughs) So everybody's like looking up Syria and all of a sudden like I heard more about Syria this week and Gary has owned the mistake, mm-hmm. um, but his name is now you know out so there. What Any press that, is good press at this point still. What happened with that? He was doing Morning Joe. There was a fellow named Mike Barnacle who is just as- Who is a real barnacle. He really <laughs> is. Uh, he, he reminds me of a thing you'd find on the bottom of your ship. That's exactly correct. And he asked the question, what do you think about Aleppo? Completely out of context to Syria. They weren't talking about foreign affairs at the time. And uh, you know, Gary was just like, what is Aleppo? Like Travis just said. And uh, it was a gaffe, and it made him look ridiculous. 
ridiculous, and it made him look as if he didn't know anything about foreign policy, which is something that the libertarians sort of um, have to reconfirm on a regular basis that they do know about foreign policy because yeah. that's yeah. that's a massive diss on the on the whole party um, as uh, on, on the party as a whole is that they're isolationists. Right. Of course, Gary, by some libertarian standards, is a statist. He's not a true libertarian because he believes in seatbelts and he doesn't. <laughs> uh, you know, he likes roads. Yeah. Uh, and he, you know, he doesn't. And, and, and you know, he's not going to get rid of taxation completely. Yeah. Um, so, and he wants public schools and things like that. So, um, but the question, what is, you know, the, for him to ask the question, what is Aleppo, uh, following that, I actually thought that was refreshing because someone like Donald Trump would have just been like, Aleppo, I barely knew her. And then they would, <laughs> they would just move on and yeah. then it would be like, and Rosie O'Donnell, I hear she's not straight, <laughs> you know? Right. So he's, he, ha- he did have the ability to um, spin this and talk about foreign policy, which is an area where libertarians, again, like I just said, are not known to be well-versed. I ran into him outside of News Corps uh, during that day. Oh, yeah. And uh, he's, you know, he's a funny, frantic guy. He's always got his sneakers on. And you can, he's a sneaker guy. Yeah, he I would, can tell. Yeah, you know, he's, he's always scuffling. He's always high. Well, I hope so. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> he stopped smoking a he couple of months he ago. He stopped before. <laughs> Which I do love a presidential candidate to be like, are you stoned, sir? No, I stopped a few months ago. Yeah, right. It's like the big Lebowski. Um, I ran into him, and he, you know, he is an eternal optimist. I was like, "How you doing, Gary?" And he's like, "Well, you know, making lemonade. We <laughs> yeah. gotta make lemonade. Gotta make you know? lemonade." And then, uh, sure enough, I think that he did. We went to the rally yesterday, and the first thing he did opened it in true Gary fashion. Mm. I just want to apologize. I gotta apologize. I mean, there's so many people working on this campaign. I can't believe I did that gaffe. And then he went on and he, and he explained his foreign policy, which is actually, ironically, v- similar very, to Trump. It's very well uh, it's- in a strange way. He wants to use the Russians and create a. Uh, it's it's sort of similar to what Obama's doing as well. Basically, a coalition with the Russians, the Iranians, to just um, defeat ISIS and smooth in, in it over Syria. out there. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so. he also illustrates how complicated it is. How totally. the fact that uh, we're giving arms and backing the free Syrian army, which the is Kurds. opposed to Assad, but yeah. Assad is backed by the Russians and the Iranians, but the Iranians are also clearly backing ISIS in a sense. Yes, and, and then we're going to start arming the Kurds, but of course we're, we're allies with Turkey and the Turkish and the Kurds, Kurds hate, hate each, each other. other. I mean, it's just a goddamn mess. It's, yeah. it's, we should have never gotten involved there. It, but it really it is, is like every single uh, power interest is in that region. Saudi right. Arabia, Russia, China, well, I don't know about the Chinese, but Iran, Russia, United States, NATO, and Syria, Israel, Saudi Arabia, all in one place. And then ISIS is hanging out there too. <laughs> it's like, man, it's like the Americans are just like, brought some beer and everyone's like, it's an acid party, bro. <laughs> Yeah. I had no idea what I was getting into. <laughs> I mean, it is—it's crazy over yeah. there. So I think that uh, you know, it, it, at the very least, um, Gary is going to be able to turn it and talk about foreign policy. And I think he is very smart on that subject, and he's certainly more nuanced than Trump. Um, and he would do great uh, discussing the foreign policy of Hillary Clinton's wars, you know, Libya and uh, Iraq and things like that, because his hands are clean on those issues. Right, yeah. and and it would be great if he did it in the debate. And it's so fascinating. I was doing. Roger Stone's radio show this last weekend, and we talked about this, how, you know, four years ago, we're watching the the foreign policy debate with Mitt Romney and uh, Obama in Roger Stone's apartment with Gary, and Gary's just, you know, hand on forehead, just can't believe he's not in there, can't believe how they're just basically saying the same 
policy uh, I mean, this positions. Hawkish, you know, they're both hawks, yeah. And then here we are, four years later, and Mitt Romney is saying Gary Johnson should be on that debate stage. And mm-hmm. we've come so far. One of the final things that he mentioned in the speech that he gave yesterday at uh, what was it, Liberty Fest, or it was just it was the rally? Um, yeah, was his just, last line. Yeah, was discussing the imperial presidency, right? Mm-hmm. And just this whole idea of imperialism and what are we doing as a nation right now? I mean, yeah. we aren't taking care of any of. Um, we're not taking care of our home. You know, no. there's a reason that when you get on an airplane, they tell you to put your oxygen mask on first before you can help somebody else Absolutely. we need to get our we need to get our house in order before we have the audacity to go over and tell other nations how to live yeah i mean this is what we've been saying for 16 years or at least 15 years mm-hmm. you know yeah. uh, maybe even until like say like 2003 you know yeah. when we started talking about going into iraq mm-hmm. even then like shit wasn't great in america back no. then like so many people had it bad back then and it was on the downward slope and now it's worse than it's been in a very long time worse mm-hmm. uh and we actually need to focus on ourselves. Every damn day, it gets worse. Yeah. I mean, what can we do? We're supposed to be the people of a country that has an, that that opinions where, where our opinions are supposed to matter a little bit. No, mm-hmm. I mean, who do you know that is a hawk when it comes to foreign policy? Do we know anyone? If we, I mean, a true hawk. Our good, our good friend Bill Crystal comes Bill and hangs Crystal. out all the time. <laughs> yeah, at our apartment. And that man is only a hawk because he benefits financially from wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, who are these people? Yeah. At this point, nobody wants to be over there anymore. Nobody. No one. Absolutely Not nobody. There was this, there was a soldier who spoke yesterday at the rally. He came back with a bunch of brain damage. The VA scandal. I mean, that's a whole nother kind of nightmare. We have so many new homeless uh, popping up all across the country. Former, uh, current vets, former, uh, you know, military men and women. The VA scandal is huge. Huge. I mean, it is completely fraudulent and underfinanced. We're not even taking care of these people who then come home and because of the life-saving uh, medicine that we have now, they come home a shell of themselves. And you could almost argue, uh, you know, if they would have been happier dying on the battlefield than getting treated like crap in their home with, with one eye and missing a leg. Well, if we wouldn't have had the medical advances that we have now, then the Middle Eastern wars that we've had over the last 15 years, the body counts would have easily equaled that of Vietnam. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Easily. That's oh my the God, only, yeah. that's the, you know, people look at the body counts, you know, they're like, you know, five, 6,000. Uh, like, well, at least it's not Vietnam. It's like, no, it would have been Vietnam. Right, right. Had we not had the technology that we have now, field technology, mm. if we wouldn't have had that, then yeah, it would have been high numbers. Of course, and the civilian death toll in Iraq, we don't even think about that as Americans, oh, but yeah. that was hundreds of thousands of innocent Iraqis, and then hundreds of thousands more just completely displaced from the region. Absolutely, and the drone war that's happening right now, they say roughly 5,000 people have been killed, and I mean, estimates of, of uh, civilian casualties are, high, are as high as about 80%. I mean, mm-hmm. and uh, there was a great meme, and you know we're young, we get mm. all of our Information from mm, memes, yeah. mm. but it was just it showed one terrorist and it showed a uh, an innocent civilian, and then the drone strike, and it showed a dead a dead terrorist and a dead innocent civilian, and then it showed three terrorists of the family of the dead civilian. That's yeah. exactly what's happening. All yeah. we're doing is what choices do these people have? Right. Uh, when, when I watched some footage, my friend Saman Arbabi, who's been on the show regularly, uh, was, he was over in Lebanon, and they were interviewing this kid. I, I think I told that story on on the show where the kid who was Western educated. Um, no, it was in it was in Palestine. Rather, he was Western educated. He was outside of a video store that had a Mel B- uh, Gibson um, movie. I think it was Payback or something like that. Great movie. And, um, Great movie. Mm-hmm. The guy was Palestinian, so I think you might have agreed with Mel Gibson's anti-Semitism <laughs> a little bit. Maybe that's why he was his favorite actor. <laughs> okay. But Saman asked him. He said, "What would you would you ever be a suicide bomber?" And in perfect, fluid English, intelligent English, he said, "God willing." You know, there is no option for these people. He was handsome. He had everything going. There are so many people overseas. 
That's just that's that's the only way to get money. Yeah. You know, it's the mm-hmm. same thing with uh, drugs in the inner cities of uh, of New York, or I mean, of uh, of America. What options do these people have? I mean, yeah, there's that story that I've told before, where uh, you know there was a guy over in uh, Afghanistan um, where they you know caught just this regular dude trying to kill American soldiers, and they say like, how much are they paying you? Five bucks, and they go, here's ten. And he's like, okay, I'm one of yours now. Right, and how long can that sustain? That's and it. that's why the, yeah. that's why that's why the fluidity of power is just so it's so regular. I mean, it flows like a river. I mean, you never know on Tuesday you might be uh you know arming an ally and on Wednesday they got a paycheck and next thing you know you're just armed a terrorist yeah. which is pretty much what John McCain did uh, when he went down to uh, to Syria recently like you were talking about with the uh, with the rebel forces against Assad in a lot of ways Assad was right mm-hmm. those people were were just they weren't better than Assad we have this notion uh, oftentimes specifically in this country because we do have a great pride in our protest history and protests have gotten us a lot of things but we do have this notion that all protesters are somehow better than the regime they're trying to overtake. Mm-hmm. But a lot of these protests in the Middle East, the people who are protesting are far, far more fanatical uh, and religious than the people that are in power. Turkey. Exactly. You Turkey's know, a great God, example. Yeah. yeah, what just happened in Turkey. The yeah. almost coup. Yeah. In oh. Iran. I mean, uh, fuck, I mean, yeah, back in the 70s, like, Iran totally. was a groovy place. Iran like, was a Western nation. Yeah, it was an absolute Western nation. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it was a great place. And Afghanistan as well. Uh, and all these places were overthrown or were attempted over, to be overthrown uh, by extremist religious forces. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and Gary did talk about this at his last, uh, at the rally as well. He did support going into... Uh, Afghanistan in 2003, and I can understand that to some degree to destroy Al-Qaeda, even though we know for a fact it was the Saudis that did it, but... Um, well, now we're but, allowed to sue them, which is another oh, we, thing. We can sue them? Nah, well, Obama's going to veto But that. even if Obama vetoes it, there's enough people in the House to override his veto. It'll be mm. unprecedented. Mm. Oh, yeah, wow. but the Saudis are really trying to fight it. Mm, I wonder why. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they're guilty to, of they something. They seem like nice guys. <laughs> yeah. Got nothing to hide. So seven months, that's what we should have been in. After seven months in Afghanistan, we had all the we basically had killed al-Qaeda. Mm-hmm. We should have just left. Yeah. Um, but of course, we just... We just Get something in our craw, yeah, and we just want to hang out. And that would have made us even scarier to the rest of the world if we would have gone in, destroyed the entire organization in seven months, in less than a year, and then went home. Yeah, no one's gonna fuck with us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it's if we that could have been such a great display of American power, right? Uh, but it ended up being a huge display of they, American arrogance. Yeah, pull, pull us all over. Like Ron Paul used to say when he was running for president, he was like, oh. Osama bin Laden wanted us to come over. He wanted to fight us over there. Mm-hmm. So essentially, it worked. The well, I mean, terrorists got us over there. Yeah, you want a home game, don't you? If you're gonna if you're mm-hmm. gonna play a game of football, it's much more difficult to be the traveling team. Oh, the terrorists won. Yeah, you just like won. they got everything they wanted. Well, like that's the- another thing that's happening right now with someone like John Kerry, the current Secretary of State. We talked about him. Of course, he ran in 2004. He was swift boated. He didn't defend himself, and he lost. He was talking about how the terrorists. It's because they're losing. That's where we're seeing terrorist activity all over the world, which is a total and utter lie. Mm-hmm. The fact is, what's happened in France, what's happened, uh, was it in Egypt, in the, the airport? The airport? Uh, Turkey. Turkey. Um, I mean, these are, they might be indications that they've lost a stronghold of land in a region, but there is no denying that terrorism in ISIS is stronger than it ever has been before. Yeah, it's very bizarre. And, and it goes back to this whole uh, imperialism argument. You know, I think this is finally the election where Americans are going to have to face it. Okay, are we an empire or are we a democracy? Because the two are not necessarily always uh, mutu- mutually uh, inclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to kind of have one or the other. If we're spending all this money overseas, 
uh, on bases overseas, on military interventions overseas, and you know uh, regime change, which of course Gary is very against. This all costs money. It has consequences. The Iraq War, five trillion dollars. Of course, the establishment and the Bush administration <clears throat> did that extra fuck you by also cutting, uh, you know, five trillion in tax revenues and giving it back to the rich people oh, while sure. fighting the five trillion dollar war. That was a great point that Bernie always made. So you get it. You're starting to get it from all points now. Bernie right. was anti-war. Gary's anti-war. Trump is even anti-war. And Jill Stein is anti-war. She made a very valid point, I think, uh, about closing military bases, how the rest of the world only has 30 military bases. And we have, what, 500? We have, like, 800 or yeah. something ridiculous like that. So, uh, yeah, we got to start making a choice. Trump's pointed this out as well. He's like, we're paying all of NATO's military bills. And then Bernie goes further and points out, well, and that's why European countries can afford to give everyone free health care and free college because they're not spending $800 billion a year on on some global empire. Right. And we have bridges collapsing in Minnesota. I mean, it's ridiculous. Jill Stein, we can speak about her uh, briefly. Uh, she got into some trouble this week. Uh, <laughs> she was just trying to be a young, hip, cool person. Yeah. And the Sioux Indian tribe out in South Dakota, they're fighting. I believe they're, the interesting thing, Marcus, you sort of uh, touched on this and I, I did a little research. They're fighting um, a pipeline mm -hmm. that's coming through, and I'm forgetting the name of the company that wants to build it. And uh, they're arguing eminent domain in theory, but in practice, they never actually filed any legal papers because they don't believe that it's uh, – Recognize the government, so that's what? why they. Yeah, so oh. they. Well, they didn't want. They said they didn't want to legitimize the process. Right. Oh my God. And so Jill Stein went over there to South Dakota and in uh, in support of the Sioux Tribe, uh, who I mean they do have a right to their land, and I I think they definitely should have fought that in court. Um, and she tagged a vehicle. She tagged a construction truck, and now she is a. Uh, she, there's a warrant out for her arrest for vandalism. Oh and my God. Amy Goodman as well. Mm -hmm. Now, Amy, what's the deal with this Amy Goodman one? Because well, you know, she got she's arrested, American now. She got arrested well, in 2008 yeah. for just covering the the protest at the Minnesota uh, Republican Convention well, in this, Minneapolis that was located in that bathroom that Larry Craig was uh, caught in. Oh, was that right? Yeah, yeah. It was, the whole convention bathroom. was held in there. But I remember mm -hmm. Amy Goodman got arrested that year, and now she's got arrested basically for covering the protest. Well, she's uh, she has a warrant out for arrest right now for criminal trespassing. She filmed security guards working for the Dakota Access Pipeline Company okay. using dogs and pepper spray to attack pro protesters. Uh, so she was on the property that wasn't hers filming. Uh, the, the property, of course, is in question anyway because mm -hmm. who's it belong to with right. the eminent domain papers that have never been filed. So that's she can beat that, I think. Yeah, I think she can. Oh, beat totally. That. I mean, if anything, it's it's good for her brand. But how it's bizarre! Great for her brand. How bizarre is it that we have? You know, we do have two female candidates running for president right now. One of them spray paints a bulldozer, gets arrested, yeah, or, or and he has a warrant out for arrest. Right. One lies to the FBI, right, uh, and, and completely mishandles classified information. She's doing just fine, except uh, she's a bobblehead now. <laughs> <laughs> she's got it. She was more of a wobbly head. Yeah, uh, more of a wobble. And I do hope I don't want. Uh, her health, I want her to be healthy. I, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't and, want anyone to be and, hurt. And to be fair, yeah, I don't think it should be a mean attack on Hillary. It's actually just like, hey, maybe you should just take care of yourself. Yeah, maybe you should take it easy. Take it easy. Like, it's fine. She reminds I me of uh, Henry Zabrowski from last podcast on the left. You know him. You love him. Uh, he tells a great story uh, when he was working on Wolf of Wall Street. There was the <laughs> airplane scene. And <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing with that movie um, that not a lot of people realize, those were prostitutes. Yeah. Like, all, of the, all the extras. <laughs> Henry was like, yeah, they were just, they were coming from work. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and there was one scene, uh, the airplane was shaking, and uh, in something, uh, a piece of steel or metal, 
metal fell down and it stabbed this chick right through the toe. Her nail popped up like it was late for work. And uh, so I mean, you can imagine how disgusting that is. Blood everywhere. Blood everywhere. Oh and they're God. like, ma'am, I think you need to go. You know, we need to take you to the doctor. And she just stands there and she starts screaming, don't take me out of the movie. Yeah, Leave me in the movie. <laughs> don't take this away from me. <laughs> <laughs> and if you watch that scene in the film, it's all blurry. It t- like, you don't know anybody, yeah. well, you know. No idea. Anyway, the movie was originally... Like four hours long. The cut yeah. that Scorsese gave to the studio is like four or five hours. And like, well, you're gonna have to cut it in half. Well, that's why <laughs> so you. Yeah. That orgy scene on the plane was like 30 seconds. It was so early. short. Yeah. But you get the feeling Hillary Clinton will be. It'll be kicking and screaming to get her to drop out of this race. It and, will. and again, if she is not. These coughing fits, these fainting fits, uh, I mean, these are really serious questions we do mm-hmm. have to ask. It's bad about the optics. Leader, For starters, uh, it's leader bad of the free optics. World. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. Re- really, that video is terrifying. I mean, it, yeah. it, it is. She's I mean, not okay. No, she's they're absolutely not okay. They're holding her up. Yeah. They're holding yeah. her up. She, I mean, she. But they pile her into the van. Yeah. Like, they pick her up Ugh. and pile her like she's a bag of laundry. Oh, you don't want to see that. You, you never like to see people no. uh, get hurt or anything like that. With Jill Stein, it does bother me a little bit that she's spray painted. A bulldozer. I mean, first of all, the COT from spray paint alone. Think about the environment. Oh, my God. That's right. The nitrous. Second of all, the what is it? The Dakota Mining Company? That was the name of it? Uh, Something like that. Okay. They don't... The the people who are in charge don't give a flying fuck. No. (laughs) Just somebody who works there is going to have to scrub off the I endorse this message tag, and they're just going to have a shittier Monday. Yeah. Because Jill Stein wanted to make a point um, on the behalf of the Sioux Tribe, which then, of course, she just left. You know, I mean, these people just go, they pretend to tra- champion a cause, well, then they leave. hold on. To be fair, you know, where she went next was the south side of Chicago. She went okay. to, to the, the, you know, the, the area in Chicago with the highest gun violence. Oh, and good for she her. She did some campaign event there today, I believe. Oh, I think that's yeah. wonderful. Oh, that's Chicago. Great. And I'm not sure. Did she spray paint a cop car? <laughs> she just spray painted a cop. Oh, There's I another see. warrant out. <laughs> <laughs> Multiple warrants. I love a tagger in chief. That's kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> she's just out there. Great idea. I mean, yeah, she's fun. She's yeah. fun. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Right. It's like if Eugene Debs was given spray paint. <laughs> He's just walking around. Mm. <clears throat> it gets wild. Um so, but that, that is that is one of the uh, issues that I do have with it. At the end of the day, it just makes a a worker who has a manual <laughs> yeah. labor job have to come in and be like, "You spray painted my bulldozer, huh?" Yeah, <laughs> I got my, I got my wife and a bunch of dumpy kids, and you fucking spray painted my bulldozer. I don't even know. That. <laughs> I'm just really trying to make a living. It's like, yeah. What, yeah, what if he was a Jill Stein supporter and he then she comes and does that shit? Yeah. Right. I mean, he's knows? gonna be an hour late. He's gonna be an hour late at work that day. Yeah. Yeah. He's gonna, and also it's kind of confusing because theoretically that bulldozer is going to start bulldozing and it's just going to say I approve this message on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, yeah. I don't get I approve this message. What is it? I don't get it. What did she write? I approve, I approve this, this message. message. Oh, that makes no sense. I don't get it. <laughs> like, no I don't con- get it at all. No pipeline. That's it? what you should have tagged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. was she saying like she approves the, <laughs> the bulldozer. Of what the, the, the sewer doing? <laughs> I don't know. She's yes. just, Jill Stein was here with a W-U-Z. Uh, for it was. Yeah. yeah. I, and, but, and the other thing about that is that this just distracts from the actual pipeline story, sure. which is a very compelling story. And it, it is an amazing story. And I yeah. think it's a very 
important thing that need, like people need to be talking more about yeah. what happens on our reservations here totally. in America. Like that said, we've been talking about it again and again that uh, the American Indians are the true forgotten people of this nation yeah, I, yeah. And, and live in uh, in deplorable conditions and are still to this day treated terribly uh, and with no regard. You can see this with no regard whatsoever. And that's yeah. the real story. Jill totally. Stein is not the story here. The actual story is the pipeline. And you know what? I mean, I believe this is my stance on the pipeline. Some people don't like it, but I am not against pipelines. I think if we want to use oil, if we want to use plastic, Marcus and I were just talking uh, about how many plastic cups we use on a daily basis and feeling bad. So we're good Americans. Yeah. We <laughs> use the plastic, but we feel bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, here's but, the you thing. know, I mean, but again, but going back to what happened with the Middle East and the oil grab, and there's no denying that that was a, that was a large part of the invasion of Iraq. There's mm-hmm. no denying that. That's been openly and publicly said. That was theoretically what was going to finance the damn thing. Mm-hmm. Was the Bush was like, we're going to use the oil we're going to pay for the whole thing we're all going to be rich like the like the beverly hillbillies <laughs> like the clampets um but i think the we can't just if we are going to be building these pipelines we can't just put them in the most disenfranchised areas we all have to share in the reality that we're creating and the ugly truth is if we want to use oil as much as we do every single thing we touch has oil in it we have to see the ugly if we want to have the dunkin donuts coffee every morning we have to see the ugly yeah. as well but otherwise things aren't going to change yeah but it's not those people yeah it, no, it's it, never yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's the it's, disenfranchised yeah, like you said yeah it's always the disenfranchised you know yeah. and it yeah it's never going to be going through a suburb you know no. these pipelines they, right, they right. never are it's always like let Let's find the path of least resistance. But right, yeah. the damn good thing is that now they're turning the path of least resistance into the path, path of most resistance. Right. And it's fucking great to see. I and love it. And it'll work, too. Also, eminent domain, very unlibertarian. I mean, it's it's a very uh, you know for the government to no, just come in and tell you, well, you're you're out of here. We got a pipeline coming through. I mean, that's that's like the worst thing government can do, uh, yeah. aside from all the other terrible things. Now, oftentimes the government does compensate fairly well, but yes, at the end of the day, um, what they want to take, they do take. I mean, this was sort of what the Bundy clan. It was a strange noise. It was sort of. <laughs> I think that what, came from me, but I'm not sure. Yeah, that came from you. You looked vaguely distressed after it happened. <laughs> I don't know what happened. That's fine. But even the Bundy clan, they were trying to talk about eminent, uh, eminent domain issues. They were just such jackasses well, they were jackasses. about the whole thing yeah, that and it they, was sort of lost in translation. Well, well, they fucked up. Yeah. Like, the Bundy clan fucked up. They did actually, you know, they, they were in the wrong there. These people are not in the wrong. Right, uh, sure. Like, these people are actually making a, a damn good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, I mean, I applaud what they're doing. I think it's really cool. I mean, you want to talk about protesting actually doing something? Mm-hmm. This is what protesting is supposed to be about. And, and let's let's not forget, back to our uh, favorite guy, Bernie, he was one of the only presidential candidates to go visit multiple American Indian reservations and make speeches there about the poverty that they live in and how they owe they are owed much better from the United States government. Yeah, absolutely. And we do have a lot of Native American listeners, and Marcus does a great Native American impression. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, they have a, yeah, we have a lot of Native American listeners despite my uh, Native American. No, I think they're honored by it. I mean, you're, you're respecting them. It's certainly not, uh, you know, it's certainly not a, a Zabrowski classic. I applaud your people's decision to stand up for your rights. Oh, that's very good. It's good, right? That's yeah. way better than my uncle's, hey, how are you? Hey, how are you? <laughs> See, that's a little racist. See, that's, yeah, that's bad. That's, that's, that's the right. one. That's not, that's not good. The yeah. one they rightfully do not like. Yeah. And I apologize on behalf. I do not approve of Travis Irvine's I message. do not approve. Wait, that was my uncle. Oh, that was your uncle. I said I that was my oh, uncle. Oh, you're satire. Yeah. I'm making fun of another guy. <laughs> I get it. I get it. So, uh, but what an interesting time. I mean, at the very least, the Green Party is beginning to get a little traction. And sure. the Libertarian Party is beginning to get a little traction. And anyone, and Travis, you know this a, a little bit better than I do, because in a lot of ways, I'm a little bit more of a mainstream.
extreme thinker, uh, true libertarians. Now, they don't necessarily love somebody like Gary uh, Johnson. They're more of an Austin Peterson guy who I think is a total schmuck. We talked about him previously on the show. He bragged about getting pyramids pi- pyramid piles of pussy, which I believe means he went to a strip club one time and came in his pants uh, without <laughs> even being touched. I mean, they, I think the guy is a real schmuck. But there are some people... And, and this is sort of the libertarian brand, and you see a lot of comments anti-Gary online um, because the libertarians are in theory against, you know, taxing in public schools and, the, you know, the government as a whole. Gary believes the government needs to be in place and it should do good for the people. What is one thing or what are some things about Gary Johnson that true libertarians dislike? Well, yeah, so that's a fascinating thing about uh, about the rally, Gary's rally uh, over the weekend. Obviously, was that uh, there is actually a another rally going on called Liberty Fest mm-hmm. NYC, and they actually do it every year. And that's more the hardcore libertarian philosophers, thinkers. These are folks who want to not just uh, you know. And I think we talked about it last time we were on the show. They're the radical wing of the Libertarian Party. Uh, the Libertarian Party, you know, is a big circus party. Uh, anybody's allowed in, pretty much. You it's know, a big, it's a big tent party, yeah, big circus. It's, it's tent. the only place like potheads and then guys in bow ties can all hang out. So they've, so all these people, uh, you know, they kind of collaborate about libertarian philosophy and theory and and about how changing things without the government. So it's completely different than the libertarians who are pragmatic, rational, trying to work within the political process that we have now. So it, it's kind of, you know, it goes back to Doug Stanhope's theory that uh, the most libertarian election is going to be an election where no one votes. That's right. more of the hardcore libertarian Austin Peterson, radical libertarian yeah, theory. Mean, but and no, they hate Gary for simple reasons of, I think we talked about this last time as well, just that Bill Weld and Gary ever worked in government at all. Mm-hmm. But you know, this does piss me status, off though, because yeah. everybody got to that rally by taking the MTA mm-hmm. or taking a cab. I mean, sure. this whole idea that somehow you can't just wake up there was some there was a certain entitlement to it that mm-hmm. that does aggravate me about hardcore libertarians who want the government out of your life in every single aspect i agree with it on many on many many levels um, but of course child labor laws are there because we are children were dying uh, you know in mass in factories, in, in yeah. factories that yeah, were just yeah. burning down mm-hmm. there's there's a fa- there was a fire over in um union square was i walking with you it was ed i was walking with ed larson from the round table oh the triangle uh, yeah there were the factory yeah. they just shut the doors as the as the building burned yeah. and the so there were situations that occurred where the government came in and the government, again, like uh, Mitt Romney said, corporations are people. The government is people as well mm-hmm. or, or, you know, made up of people. I'm working at News Corp right now. I can tell you they're not human. Um, <laughs> corporations are not people. Um so it, it does bother me a little bit that they just go and they're like, get out of my life. Leave me alone. Uh, I need an MTA seven-day week pass, please. It's <laughs> yeah, like right, you can't right. just have everything that you want. Sure. Yeah. And it also tends to be people who come from an environment of, of wealth. You know, it comes. It, there's a lot of people who don't necessarily need anything from the government. Um, and so they, don't, so they don't have to rely on it for anything. They don't have uh, medical issues or whatever it might be. So they can just sit there and pretend as if the government's completely obsolete. Sure. Although I completely agree the welfare system is needs reform, and I think it does keep people down as opposed to prop people up, which in theory is what it's supposed to do. I think one of the major issues is welfare states uh, creating a static existence without the fluidity of upward mobility. Of course. Sure. Well, yeah, this is just um, policy, libertarian policy positions, which I think are very practical. Gary and Bill are doing a great job just talking about simple things about like ending the war on drugs, ending the imperialistic 
uh, empire that we have. And then you have the more uh, big, the bigger ph- philosophical guys who you know they're the ones who will boo Gary at a, a debate. Yeah, no, I mean like, Austin. Do you, do you like um, driver's licenses? Yeah. And then Gary's like, well, I mean, if then blind people would be driving. They're like, boom. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Austin Peterson was actually at the Gary rally. Yes. And and I want to clarify, I don't know if rallies. All, there were two rallies, yeah. two separate rallies. I don't know if all libertarians or hardcore libertarians are wealthy. That was probably not a true statement. I, um, but anyway, um, Austin Peterson heckled. Uh, Bill, Bill Weld. Weld. He yelled, "Gun rights, gun rights!" Yeah. Uh, from the back at Bill Weld because that's a big um, reason why libertarians hate Bill Weld is because he passed a semi-automatic rifle ban in, in Massachusetts, Massachusetts. Uh-huh. Um, which is completely rational in my personal opinion. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I I just defended the Second Amendment on the last show, and I will continue to defend the Second Amendment. But there is no denying that sometimes um, you can take a look at certain laws and realize the people who formed the Constitution did not think about a semi-automatic rifle no. uh, when they were discussing the Second Amendment. No. Um, no, they, they were, it's about, it's like... Uh, farmers protecting their land. Yeah, and also like the Simpsons said, you're keeping the Queen England out of your face. Get her <laughs> out of here. <laughs> yeah. I do like I like that. Uh, what's Barney? He's my favorite Simpson. <laughs> I was thinking of Grandpa Simpson because he's like, "What if a bear comes through the door?" <laughs> yeah. I was like, "He's right." <laughs> you never, you never knew. What now. if Grandpa? <laughs> yeah, I just don't feel as if gun rights are going anywhere. No. I mean, under Barack Obama, more guns have been sold than any president in history. There is no, uh, if anything, well, all that the gun was by laws- design as well. Yeah, oh sure. I mean that was by design on the part of the politicians and the NRA. I mean they. Oh, yeah, well, they, yeah. well, they said he was coming for the guns. Exactly. Yeah, no, 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 it was yeah. all by design. Um, yes, I, I do. Uh, I could definitely see that as a point, or at the very least, they used it as a marketing tool. Mm-hmm. And you know, so Obama got elected, and this is going to. Oh, I don't say, think Obama's behind it. It is right. total and completely marketing. You know, like yeah. they're they're coming for your guns yeah. when he actually came for their guns less than any other president before him. Right. So. Yeah, you listen to any commercials on Alex Jones's network, and basically all their marketing is, uh, will the world end tomorrow? If so, I hope you're prepared with <laughs> gold and, and uh, buckets of beans. <laughs> yeah, they sell beans. Selling you. Buckets, <laughs> buckets really of beans. Buckets of beans, teams of demons. Come and get them. Team of demons. Alex Jones on Trump TV. <laughs> yes. Launching next year. Trump TV. It's I can't be. wait. We should try to get on Trump TV. Yeah, I mean, I Why can't the hell wait. Not, man? Well, maybe if ahead. we maybe if uh, we get arrested, there'll be a show like uh, Running Man yeah. uh, with Arnold Schwarzenegger, where it's a video. That uh, was a great movie. Yeah. If you haven't seen uh, Running Man, dystopian future, Arnold Schwarzenegger plays an army man who would not fire on innocent civilians, and then they did not reward him kindly. No, they it, sent him to a. Uh, it was a reality television show. Probably Donald Trump would be great as the host. As a matter of oh, fact. Oh yeah, the new Richard Dawson for sure. Yes, where. He had to go through a series of obstacles and defeat a series of brutal human beings. Some, uh, you know, had powers that he did not possess, mm-hmm. but with ingenuity and a bad accent, he did it. Yeah. Another great movie or uh, reality kind of mockumentary like that called Series 7. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Series, uh, if you're interested in uh, murder reality shows, Series 7 is among the best. Well, Trump uh, TV. Yeah. Also, Death Race 2000. Yeah. Uh, future dystopian, uh, where <laughs> you got to hit old people to get points <laughs> in a cross-country race. Trump TV. Drum TV. Um, all right. Well, I think we can wrap it up. Now we can. Uh, so uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate everything you're doing. And, uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Go to the Facebook page, A. Blinken's Top Hat. You can find and, you know, be cordial, be nice. I think for the most part the group is doing is doing great. Um, find Marcus on Twitter, at Marcus Parks, on Instagram, at Marcus Parks. And I'm, in, I'm on Instagram, at Ben Kissel 1, and on Twitter, at Ben Kissel. And Travis Irvine, you can find, you can be found where? Uh, on Twitter, at Travis Irvine, USA. 
Friday or uh, Weekend at Hillary's, the new mm. documentary. Coming to Trump TV. Trump TV. <laughs> me, they put me, Wiener, and Hillary in a building to see if we can survive. Oh, my God. The show it actually sounds good, and Trump TV is going to be extremely successful. Um, you okay, Marcus? Oh, yeah. There's just uh, Hillary Clinton is being treated for pneumonia. Oh, shit. Oh, my goodness. Oh. All right. Well, that's breaking news. Well, that's... Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, we'll continue to follow that. Um, and, uh, you know, be nice to each other. Love each other. And uh, that's about it. We'll talk to you soon. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. Remax agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit Remax.com or download the Remax app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated.